0: Straight from Music City, Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover, a podcast for future-ready librarians.
1: This podcast, called Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover, a podcast for future-ready librarians, focuses on changing the perception of school librarians, improving instructional practices, being a collaborative partner, and essentially, just great library talk. I'm Stephanie Ham, the Director of Library Services at Metro Nashville Public Schools, and I will be your host today. A month ago, we had the opportunity to get our hands on some new products from LEGO Education. It was such a great opportunity for us as adults to do hands-on learning, and we went through the entire process that our students would go through. We couldn't wait to get started, then we got frustrated, then we kept working, and it just clicked. We collaborated and communicated, and it was actually a super fun morning. I personally was amazed to see the coding products for pre-K students. I even took a train set home to play with my own children. There they created, they built, they coded. So if you get a chance, borrow these items from our Exploratorium, or if you're outside our district, just make sure to check out LEGO Education's website. On the podcast today, Eric Long will be our guest. She is a middle school librarian in Metro Nashville Public Schools and active in ALA, AASL, Tennessee Library Association, and the Tennessee Association of School Librarians, (TASL). She has served on TLA's advisory board and is currently president-elect. She previously served on the AASL Standards Crosswalk Task Force and as interim regional director. And she is currently the chair of the Presidential Initiatives Task Force, which we'll talk about today. She has twice been named AASL's Social Media Superstar Finalist and was part of the ALA Presidential Initiatives Fight for School Libraries. She has previously blogged for The Hornbook and Tassel Talks. Erica is truly a rising star in our organization, not just here in Nashville, but also nationally. She's jumped in. She's got involved. Her school library is a dynamic place where truly all students are welcome. We talk about diversity in the profession, supporting students through loss and grief, and making the library a place where all students want to be. So, without further delay, enjoy this episode of Don't Judge a Book by its Cover. Welcome to our episode, Erica. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm so excited to chat with you today. And since I know you well, but our listeners probably don't, can you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Um, I'd like to say that this is my
0: third career. I spent um, two years in sports and...
1: Because actually, guys, I didn't know this, so... (laughs) You didn't? No, I didn't. I worked for the Memphis Grizzlies.
0: And then I spent almost eight years in nonprofit working for the YMCA. And then was I, that in Memphis too? That was in Knoxville. Okay. yeah. It was a very fun time, but there needed a, to be a switch. I wanted to find something to do where I could help the students that I was working with at UT part-time, I saw that they were lacking a lot of skills that had they had them, they would have been more successful at college or going through um, a university program. And when I realized who was responsible
1: for that, that's when I made the shift into librarianship. All right. I know this will be a hard question for you, but I'm going to ask it anyway. No,
0: the dreaded favorite book question. Yeah, the favorite book question. Tell me. (laughs) I do not... Think that I have a favorite book. I have, just like everybody else who says this on the podcast, I have books that I love. I will say I have a favorite author, and I bet you know who they are. Okay, tell me. Jason Reynolds. Yes, I was (laughs) going to guess that, but then I was like, what if I'm wrong? I absolutely love Jason Reynolds, but there are some books that I adore appreciated Brown Girl Dreaming so much because it reminded me of my childhood. Of course, Jackie Wilson and I grew up in totally different eras, but there's this one thing that sticks out in that book for me that took me back to my childhood, and it was Candy Cigarettes. Those Anymore? They still have them! No. I saw them during Halloween. Yeah. Or No, 2017 um, is when... The Hate You Give came out and it was my first time seeing myself in a book. When I read Star's Voice, the first few chapters, all I, I had to put the book down every once in a while because I would laugh out loud because it sounded just like <laughs> me. And so those are two books that I really appreciate. So what's a normal <laughs> morning like for you? Ooh, I okay. I have the middle school hours, right? So it's nice to be able to sleep in. I am not an Amanda Smithville at all. I don't wake up at 4 a.m. to <laughs> <laughs> get my day going. I'm like turning over and fighting with pillows at that time. Um, but I, my alarms go off at 6, 6.30 and 7. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm the, one of those people. Um, and then I try to be at work, which usually I'm at work by 8.20 every morning. Um, Even though we are a late school, we have so many students and it's tough for us to get through um, breakfast in the morning (laughs) Mm -hmm. when we're serving over 700 kids. It is also... uh, We're also a school where our buses have to run more than one route Mm. because of our shortage. Um, So our kids get to come in early. We open the doors at 825, and so I'm there to make sure that the library is that space that if they want, they can come in. Um, And then the day gets going. I usually don't check email, don't do anything until after the bell
1: rings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you have just kids. Because I just
0: have kids. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my focus. It's like getting the Limitless Libraries books out and and engaging with students, um, making sure that I'm there to support whatever a a teacher needs at that time. I've had teachers come in before and borrow my Ethernet cords because Mm -hmm. the the district's Wi-Fi is out. So it's just like kind of a hustle and bustle up Mm -hmm. until 9.05, 9.10. And that's kind of Like, um, on a non-library week, it's my quiet time. Mm -hmm. Like, I can go in and check the emails and things like that and then get my day started. On a library week, when we have classes back-to-back, it is, um... It's me finding the time in between classes when I go in and check the emails or do the collection development mm-hmm. or read School Library Journal to see what needs to be um, on the list, what's up mm-hmm. and coming, all those things. But um, I do get the opportunity to kind of have like a flexible schedule mm-hmm. um, one week and then a fixed schedule the next week. And then we just keep that rotation throughout mm-hmm. the year.
1: In that way, all of your kids do come through the library, correct? Absolutely, Yes. So, like many librarians, you started the year with a new admin. How did you, and I have educate, in quotation marks, (laughs) him on the library, the work that you do, and the goals that you had for the year? Do you want to know a secret? Yes.
0: I did not educate him at all. (laughs) I will shout out the amazing Rita Parks. Mm. Because she did it. She did it for me. He spent several years as an AP at Meg's and he knew the library's ins and outs. Um, he had a very close working relationship with Rita. He was also her evaluator, which I am loving because he'll evaluate me this year. I don't know that I did the educating. Mm-hmm. I think she did all of it. What I did was share with him what we did last year and what my goals were for this year. We spent two hours together unintentionally. Mm-hmm. It was just re- like raw, authentic conversation this summer before we came back to school. And we just got to know each other, got to know what our our backgrounds were um and again I just shared what we did he had already seen like the highlight video that ALA did last year so he did his homework I did my homework (laughs) like and we just came in and made it work and so we still communicate like we talk to each other at least once a week and I hadn't, I'll be honest and say I hadn't had that experience the last two years. Mm -hmm. And
1: I don't know that I knew that I missed it. Well, everyone listening is probably like, Erica... We're all completely jealous <laughs> of you. But I think what that goes back to is really that relationship piece yes. and communication, which sound very. We, I, we say them constantly on this podcast, but truly it comes back to that relationship.
0: It does. And I'll be the first one to say, um, and Jennifer Sharp can attest to this, because I worked with her for a year um, in Knoxville but one of the things that she and I talked about at that time and then I still would talk to her about later on is that principals can be intimidating Mm. and They don't even mean to be like, it's just like, I had this one principal who he just was so intimidating to me and I'd be so scared to go into, I was so scared to tell him Mm -hmm. that I had applied for another job as a librarian (laughs) (laughs) when I was the library clerk. And it was because at that time I didn't realize that he was as much of an introvert as I was. Mm -hmm. And when I realized it, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Why am I intimidated by Mm -hmm. you? And I think it's just like that this person has this title. And sometimes we put people on pedestals that they Mm -hmm. don't necessarily even want to be on. Mm -hmm. We just have to kind of let our guards down Mm -hmm. and... And not be intimidated because most principals probably aren't trying to intimidate you. So it's okay to build that relationship. You just have to kind of be open. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be the introvert that we know we are. Just yeah. kind of step outside of our comfort zones a little bit.
1: Well, and I think that is hard, um, stepping out of the comfort zone. But I think actually, you know, I, I won't even say the first it t- after the first time. But I think after that second, third time mm-hmm. that you do it, it becomes a much more natural thing. And again, that comfort around one right. another. So kind of talking about relationships, you have been very passionate about making the library space a place for all students that they feel welcome. Can you tell our listeners a few things that you have found beneficial to creating a space for students to thrive?
0: I would like to say that it's just me. (laughs) Part of me thinks that um, it's kind of what I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that I didn't have this great library because I have very vivid memories of my elementary library experience. Uh, middle school, not so much, but it was always a, a place that I felt like was fun in terms of the school library. I spent a lot of time at the public library after school um, because of the shifts that my parents worked. So For me, it's just like this idea that sometimes a student may not be in a place or mindset right now where they feel like they belong in this classroom, or they feel like they belong in this particular sport, or they feel like they belong in this club, like, But that the library doesn't necessarily have a a thing that you have to have, right? You don't have to love reading to come Mm -hmm. into the library. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You don't have to need a quiet space to come into the library because it's not always quiet, it's, it's just a space. Like, I want every kid in the building to feel like this is their space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know how I've accomplished that. Like I said, I'd like to think that it's because of me and my personality. Which and, I think probably and... has a lot to do with it. <laughs> um, but I think it's just kind of like, even if a student doesn't know my personality, that they find, like, that my aura is is a Is a is one of openness, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, So they feel like that is a space that's open to them. Outside of that, it's like making it inviting in terms of the aesthetic. I have a lot of. I was very intentional about signage this year so that we could appeal to every different. Child in there, Um, and then outside of that, I feel like I'm I'm doing what every other librarian does in terms of collection development, um, in terms of bringing things other than books into the space. Because again, it's like some students just want to come into the library because. It's different. It's mm-hmm. not the classroom, right? And they can be themselves. It's not the place where they're structured and have to sit in this chair, like for the entire forty five minutes or an hour that you're teaching. It's just it's open. Mm-hmm. And gosh, our like this library is so open. It's amazing.
1: Well, if anyone is, well, I do want to add a couple things. So, if anyone's ever in Nashville, we will get you out to Thurgood Marshall Middle School. But then also, Erica didn't mention it, but she did a video for ALA, and we're going to make sure that we link that in the notes of this, so you can kind of get a sense of the role that she plays in her school, what students think. You get a little glimpse of the library in there, so I want to make sure you guys get a chance to look at that. Tragically, this the conversation about you being on this podcast, not that you weren't on the list, um, came because of a very tragic um, reason. Your school lost a student this year to violence. Yes. And so you had reached out about some activities and bibliotherapy, mm-hmm. that's how you referred to it, that you could do for students when they returned from um, the break. Because, unfortunately, um, the incident happened over fall break. And I didn't have resources to provide. And so I wanted to us to kind of talk about it because I think that our students today, the pressure, the stress, tragic instances aren't just happening here in Nashville. They're happening everywhere. So can you kind of talk about some of those resources or some of the things that you had available just in the library and even now? Because we know that, you know, trauma and grief doesn't, Get fixed overnight. And so, just kind of some of the things that you did in the library. Before I even get
0: to that, thank you for saying that because it's something that um, is real, right? I just left um, two of my sessions today for our professional learning day were around trauma informed practices. And one of the things that the last um, trauma informed specialist said was um, that. The journey to actually it was the librarian. The journey to healing or trauma-informed practices isn't it's not a destination, right? It's something that's continuing to happen over time. For me, I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate Stephanie Rodriguez at um, MPL. YouTube, without even knowing it, sent me the same article. Mm-hmm. And the, the timeliness of that SLJ article is insane, too, because it was like, I asked you all for for these resources one day, and then the next day you sent them, or later that day you sent them, because that article was posted the same day. And that's crazy to me how life works. But for, for us... I first want to just plug our social workers and school counselors, and not just at my school, but at the district level as well, because they showed up. They showed up. And I think that's one of the most important things because I'm not skilled at that. I have a, mm-hmm. <laughs> gosh, I thought I was going to be once in a lifetime a long time ago. Um, my, one of my undergrad degrees is, is in psychology, and I wanted to be a counselor, but I, I know that's not my gift. Mm-hmm. And what I do offer, though, is empathy and compassion. And for me, that's what I was wanting to bring to, to our library at that time. And so having those articles and thinking about um, books that you could provide, which is what I did, um, there were several books that I borrowed from Um, The library through Limitless Libraries just to have. And for, for us, it's really kind of passive programming because it was such a tragic event. We were still grieving once we got back a week later. But it, was, it wasn't something that we ignored, but we also weren't trying to kind of force mm-hmm. anything um, with it in terms of healing. So for me, uh, it was very passive. Um, having those books available and putting them on display, creating a space for mindfulness and yoga. Since, like, I had a small peace corner set up, but I didn't have the signage yet for other reasons. So since then that's what i've really focused on is making that a known space um, and encouraging the use of that space which students have done putting the signage there so that they can access it in different ways Um, having the coloring pages And again, books like some of them were books from from Limitless, and then some of them were just as simple as the I Am series by Susan Verde, like I Am Peace, I Am Mm -hmm. Yoga, because it talks. They talk about these ways in which um, you struggle, right? It may be simple. It's something as simple as oh my goodness. My mind's spinning today, and even though that's the case, you can still there's a way that you can mm-hmm. calm yourself, and so that's been my focus um, in in helping them to understand that these mats are here if you just need this moment, um, these books are here, these coloring pages are here because sometimes there may not be words to give to what you're feeling. I know I've been there; that's been me, um, and sometimes it's just been tears. And I don't want them to feel like they are forced into conversation. I just want them to have some peace and calm. Um, So, yeah, those are some things. um,
1: And I'll I'll add, we'll make sure that we link that article in the notes. You know, you didn't force it. You gave Mm -hmm. students what they need. So maybe they did just need someone to give a hug to. Or maybe Mm -hmm. they just want to color. Or, you know, do a downward dog. Um, (laughs) And I think respecting that. All students, especially tweens, because you have tweens in your building, yes. all are grieving differently, plus the hormones added onto it. Um, yeah. It's not going to look look the same.
0: Definitely. Um, that, I think we all noticed that when we came back, is that even as adults, we all um, were at different stages of that grief process. And that's one of the, the things that I appreciate my principal so much for when we came back. He was like this happened like we're not going to ignore it we're gonna grieve through it we are like he laid out the stages of grief um where we all like acknowledge that we were all probably in different
1: places in terms of it so you've we talked a lot about kids, but you're also doing a lot for the profession as well. So I'm going to kind of transition us to something different, but it's also very, very important. So in education, specifically in school librarianship, and I'll say librarianship, mm-hmm. um, but I think specifically in school librarianship, there's a lack of diversity. You're working on a special project with ALA slash AASL. Mm-hmm. I think you're hitting it from both ends. Can you tell us more about it? We
0: are... Uh... Mary, our ASL president, is currently um, her presidential initiative this year is on equity, diversity, and inclusion, and there's a there's a lot happening. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot happening with that, and so we're looking at a few different things actually um let me say that again we are doing a few different things um i'm the president uh the on the presidential task force i am the chair and there is a wonderful committee of school librarians from new mexico all the way up to the northeast and we bring some different perspectives um we also bring some different experiences and the way that they are coming together and just kind of jilling is something special. And because of that, we have been able to do a few things. Um, the first one is one that we are, um, we actually kicked off a couple of weeks ago. And it is the Increasing Representation um, Mentoring Program. So what we have done is sent out a um, kind of invitation to people in school librarianship to either come on as a mentor or as a, or as a mentee. And um, these people are going to be working with each other for a year. They have signed on for a one-year commitment to network with each other at least twice a month whether that be FaceTime, Google Hangouts, email, text Mm -hmm. messages, whatever works for them, Um, but just to kind of get that mentorship um, going. And then we are, um, basically the goal is to help mentees understand um, what it looks like to be involved in AASL because we say leadership and people automatically think like president or vice president or president-elect and leadership in an association especially this association ranges all the way down to the people who are serving on committees right because it's not a lot of work but it takes a lot of people, Mm -hmm. for sure. And so one of the things that we want to impress upon them is that it's amazing to give back to this association. Um, The way that you give back
1: impacts others, but it also impacts you. So, before we go to the last question, I just want to remind all of our listeners that if you um, have any questions for Erica, her contact information will be in the notes. So, we're actually going to move into the last question. Uh, this podcast is called Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover, a podcast for future ready librarians. But we know that it's really hard work. What advice do you have to school librarians? especially those that want to change your perception of librarians.
0: My advice is always the same, and it's tell your story. If you don't tell your story, someone else will, and you might not like the way that they tell your story. Mm-hmm. I think that's so. oh, that simple.
1: I completely love it, and I think to add on to that especially is you're right if we don't tell it someone else is going to and their experience of libraries might not have been positive so we need to ensure that anyone whether it is a parent whether it's an administrator whether it's a teacher sees librarians in positive light so yeah Erica, thank you so, so much for um, being here today. And guys that are listening, thank you as always. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, please make sure you hit subscribe uh, to the podcast. Always we're available for feedback or if you have any guests that you would like to hear, please let us know. And as always, Erica, thank you for being here. Thank you.